Today we have a conversation with Steve and Stacy Carlin. Steve is an architect, and along with his wife Stacy, who's a realtor with Preferred Shore, own Idea Group Development, a firm that purchases and renovates for spec, as well as custom projects on behalf of customers who appreciate their exacting standards of detailed workmanship with an inspired artistic vision. I do encourage you to visit their website, ideagroup.com, I-D-I-A group.com, to see some outstanding examples of updated mid-century modern renovations. Without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Steve and Stacy Carlin. Welcome to the Preferred Shore Podcast. Here's your host, Robert Milligan. So Steve, Stacy, welcome to the Preferred Shore Podcast. Thank you. It's nice Thanks to be here. Thanks for having us. Of Appreciate course. And, you know, we're great pals. We're lucky now, aside from the real estate endeavors. You know, Stacey, you've got your real estate license with us at Preferred Shore, which we're really grateful for. But aside from all of that, you know, we have kids that attend school together and, and we're really good friends. But, you know, it'd be kind of weird if we ever, you know, when we're just having fun, if I sat down and just peppered you with a bunch <laughs> of questions about your background and profession and all that kind of stuff. So I really love this format. And, uh, and, and Steve, you're an architect, correct? Correct. Yes. Uh, we are here as licensed architects and interior designers. Wonderful. And so you both now own Idea Group Development. And, um, you know, what I think is particularly interesting about the way that you conduct your business is that you bring really intelligent and thoughtful design to the renovations and rehab work that you do on your own projects. Mm -hmm. and, and I understand you take some projects for customers as well. So, yeah. That is correct. Um, we It's a twofold business model that... Uh, does service architecture and design and um, our own investment and redevelopment of, of exist, mostly existing structures. Right, wonderful. So, um, you know, what I'd, what I'd love to do, I guess maybe we could just start is a little bit of background on, on each of you and maybe some of the things that has influenced the way that you think about design and you know, brought you to this moment in your careers. Yeah. Ladies first. <laughs> well, my history doesn't have so much to do with what we're doing as his does, but I, um, I've always had an interest in interior design and architecture. Even when I was in high school, I didn't really know what an architect was, but I loved looking at house plans and I loved redrawing them and I loved moving them around and creating my own plans. At the time, I didn't know that that's what it was. And I kind of put that on the back burner until I met him and it really sparked and renewed my interest in it. And I've always had a passion for things to look good and and just matching things and textures and colors and that kind of thing so i'm really it's actually my favorite part of the whole process is like the end part with the staging and the color and all that kind of stuff so it's it's actually my dream job wow that's and clearly clearly you have a real gift and talent well, there you. so <laughs> yeah and how about you steve well having uh heard that story she probably got involved in architecture before i did in that, in that respect <laughs> I don't think I came across the uh, the interest in architecture until I I was studying pre med uh, for about a year, year and a half, and I found out how long it might take, mm -hmm. and um, I decided to jump over and, and I went to a jury up at University of Florida, uh, a presentation for a couple of students, and I found out I thought it was amazing what they did, uh, what they built, what they drew, uh, the concepts behind it. So I thought I'd give it a, a try and jump ship, and it turns out I was, uh, they didn't want me to go. So I, I stuck with it Wow, that's for six and a half years. Yeah. So what prior um, types of, of jobs or work, has it all been in Florida? Or? Um, so immediately after getting, um, getting an academic background, um, I think there was an immediate job move, opportunity move to New York City. Mm -hmm. um, 
to work for a firm that did mostly skyscrapers, um, high-end, uh, a company called Cohn Pedersen Fox, and Lee Harris Pomeroy was another one, but that was the next six years of my life, just basically interning. Wow. Um, Sounds kind of like a like a, a projects dream. all over the world. Yeah, a dream scenario to be it working was. on on <laughs> high rises um, in, in New York. A little bit more pay as an intern would help too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, in New York. It's, yeah, in New York, uh, but uh, it was well worth the wait and the time and the experience, and um, it, it was a major stepping stone to get to here today. Mm-hmm. After that, we we actually met at that time um, and moved to Boston. Um, that was in the down like post dot-com bust okay. uh, post uh, 9-11. Mm-hmm. We were in New York for 9-11. And um, that spawned an interest in gaining a credit line, getting uh, gaining a, a, oper- a real estate license. And although it wasn't re- quite formed yet, uh, the idea of, uh, idea of idea group, <laughs> we were sort of pole positioning and making uh, forming ideas that would eventually become idea group. Uh, it began with just architecture separately and then real estate separately. And then um, having worked after, after Boston, we moved here for four or five years, worked for another local, uh, two local firms. And then I realized, why are we working for other people? I think mm-hmm. it's time that we take a stab at it, put our hanger shingle out and, and uh, make a go of it. That's right. So we had to make a new idea happen. I just didn't want to be another service architecture firm. Mm-hmm. It has to be something different. Yeah, I think that's a really smart, uh, smart move. And you know, it takes a lot of guts and risk to take an entrepreneurial step like that. Yes. It's a whole, a whole different discipline, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> I think that's why we didn't do it earlier, too. Yeah. We were just a little scared to make that final jump because we'd been talking about it four years before we did it, and it kind of always was on the back burner. I already had started making logos and ideas, but it just was sitting there. And then finally, when we moved back here in 2014, mm-hmm. 14, 13, yeah. 14 is when we decided let's mm-hmm. just instead of going back to him working for an architect and just doing their stuff, we wanted to do our own stuff. Right. And I think the relationship between real estate and architecture and design are, they're so intertwined, they're, they're critical that we just decided to play off each other and make it uh, a, a holistic venture. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so, um, you know, fast forwarding a bit to mm-hmm. today now, so you're acquiring your own properties for your own projects mm-hmm. and things. And, um, and Stacy, of course, you're the licensed realtor. Mm-hmm. Um, who, how, how do you go about, you know, sourcing opportunities or do you spend most of your time, Stacy, trying to find deals or do you do that together? How does that work? We, we do that together. I'd say yeah. I have my talents in the real estate a little bit more, making sure I have my hot property lists and whatever pops up in this. We have specific neighborhoods that we like to look at, especially in the urban core areas of Sarasota, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the projects, we try to target projects that are specific to urban core um, mm-hmm. that sort of do not lend to suburban sprawl, um, mm-hmm. sort of the reinvigoration of the centralized city. Um, right. We've been there in the 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s and spread out, and now I feel like it's time to recentralize and revitalize the, the core. So yeah. we try to pick properties that are central, um, central neighborhoods, Obviously, not like, limited to single family. It could be condos. And, sure. Uh, um, but um, so we pick neighborhoods yeah. in there. Arlington mm-hmm. Park is one of them. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the hottest neighborhoods there are. Um, Paver Park is another one. We've been looking at Gulfgate. We haven't done anything in Gulfgate, but those are just some examples of, of areas that we're looking at. Now, we've also done 
waterfront condos. So it's not like we wouldn't be open to doing a nice yeah. waterfront property, sure, but sure, that's kind of out of our um, ability to buy and renovate at this point. Mm -hmm. So, but mm -hmm. for yeah. a client, definitely. <laughs> yeah, and even that strategy changes over time. <clears throat> As you know, um, on a rising market, uh, the bigger projects may be a little bit safer to buy big and then sell big. Mm -hmm. In a plateaued market, um, that tends to be scaled back a little bit more. And on a down market, projects obviously get smaller and more frequent to, right. to entertain the, uh, if credit ratings are tighter or interest rates are higher, you gauge for that, that sort of stepping stone mm -hmm. a little bit smaller. Right. So my perception, is it fair to say that the genre that you're most often working in is, is mid-century modern? Is that, is that correct? Or? So far, yes. Okay. Yep. We, it, we like the know. way they were built. We like the quality. We like the materials. Yeah. They're just not really built like that anymore. They're, they're really sturdy war horses, really, when you think mm -hmm. about it. The trazo floors are indestructible. Mm -hmm. The beaming that they use, the everything about it, they're just good quality homes. Mm -hmm. They also happen to be in good neighborhoods yep. that That's are true. centralized or convenient. They, um, larger, a lot of the 50s and 60s properties are on larger lots, mm -hmm. and um, they're usually single-story. They have the good quality uh, workmanship, the old western red cedar, the trousers floors, uh, low slope roofs mm -hmm. that are less expensive to uh, renovate. So it's sort of the, um, the uh, ability to re-energize an old built energy. Sure. Uh, more, and that includes bringing it up to code as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and like you mentioned, these are often yeah. choice locations and yeah. neighborhoods where we have a lot of this sort of inventory and, um, you know, decades worth of work to come into the future yeah. where, you know, the, it's going to take a very, very long time for these neighborhoods to completely gentrify yeah. and be, you know, mm -hmm. uh, updated, rehabbed, redeveloped, uh, what have you. Yeah. So, um, so when you're when you're looking at a house, you know, I know that it, what's unique and what I really admire about the way that you work is that it's it's a completely different discipline to be a creative designer versus being, you know, a, a mathematical engineer to try to deconstruct if a, if a deal makes sense and or not. And so, you know, when you're when you're assessing an opportunity. You know, what are some of the things that you're you're looking at initially to vet the deal? Well, uh, first thing is purchase price. First <laughs> thing is, um, well, first yeah. and foremost is definitely the business side is what How will much this do we get have? us? Yeah, that kind budget. of thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we do yeah. when we're looking at a property, and we're we're doing that math. There's something we just love about the property, and you can't get it out of your head. And there's been a few times where we've yeah. done a property just because of that because we just can't let it go. And then once we're also in the renovation process, mm -hmm. that's when the creative, you know, we kind of, the business side might slide a little bit because we want to add something or be a little bit more creative or yeah. be a little bit different, <laughs> but. We always kind of go back to um, uh, sort of the basic uh, principle. There are a lot of ideas behind that eventual choice of property, but the basic principle is how well or easy is it going to sell? on mm -hmm. the backside sure. and that makes the jump in point a lot easier to either pay a little bit of a premium for it or know that you can have a flexible budget and a flexible project as long as it's going to be a, a, a more confident out mm -hmm. at the end mm -hmm. and you got to know who your your audience is who's going to want to move there live there what kind of lifestyle they're going to have mm -hmm. you don't obviously can't know everything about it but um, people looking in that area uh, tend to fall into 
Who did that? Well, um, it's an, either they, be a, um, a family with kids or it'll be just an could early be retiring boomers. It could be a younger family. Um, it could be people with big pets. We've had um, we've had uh, just singles, um, but yeah. most of them are not. We do try to target moderate size houses, mm -hmm. not because it also helps with budget and it helps with uh, end sure. sale price. Mm -hmm. So we do try to uh, keep it in scope of a buy and sell pricing. Mm -hmm. Um, my perception, and maybe you could correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, you know, it is difficult to source good values in Sarasota right now. You know, there's mm -hmm. a lot, lot of cash chasing too few of deals. Is it fair to say that through your custom design that you're able to add more value, therefore you don't have to get quite as great of a deal as a typical investor? Is that a fair statement to make? I think it's a very fair statement. It's a, it's a good analytic. Um, we do try to set ourselves apart. I think it's important to do so. Uh, that's the only, uh, I think it's one of the points of uh, success that you, you have to do that to be, to, to make a model work. Mm -hmm. um, so we always try to make something significantly better than what's around it and build, um, uh, it has to be a project that we, um, whether through outside design, inside design, or uh, basic quality construction, that lends to the neighborhood, helps lend to the scale or the um, repopulated with quality ownership. I see. Um, but something that would eventually also upsell the neighborhood, so create mm -hmm. new value in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. We've been pretty successful in being able to sell our properties for above the market value mm -hmm. every single time so far. So we're, we're able to see what the comps are at and maybe push in an extra 25 sometimes even $50,000. Mm -hmm. So, and that's been consistent. So we're pretty proud of yeah. that fact. Yeah, We've yes. obviously had some people trying to follow on our shirt tails and do the same thing. And then their property will sit there for a year and not sell. Right. So we've been um, trying to be realistic <clears throat> in the thought process of, um, let's get this sold in a couple months. In fact, our longest sale was probably hibiscus. It was also the highest price point too. Mm -hmm. And that one took just under three months yeah. to go under contract. Yeah. I mean, our first property took two days. Wow. Our next property, maybe on the first open house, we almost had it sold. But then after that, it took maybe a month. Well, our we, third we, one was pre, didn't even yeah. have to go on the MLS. The guy wanted it a couple of months before we were finished renovating it. Wow. So we've been pretty it's lucky. It's been a fortunate sort of yeah. outlook that uh, we have not had much market time. Yeah, um, yeah. So we think we are, were onto a sort of a natural design motif that, um, people like and it appeals to a broad general market yeah and you know this might be a good um pausing opportunity for for our audience to go to its ideagroup.com idia correct yeah, that's correct. correct yeah so you know if i would recommend you know if people are curious at this point in the conversation so it makes more sense what we're talking True. about you have mm -hmm. a, a gallery yep. of, of your portfolio of projects yep. and things yep. that you've worked on yeah our portfolio on there has all the projects listed mm -hmm. and i have before and afters so yeah we try to lend a bit of transparency to before and after so we yep. set that up that way mm -hmm. um uh, it took a bit of work, but we've almost always like uh, photographed the whole project before and after. Yeah. Just to show people what, how flexible, way and along yeah. the way, to show people how flexible architecture can be, what can be done, and uh, it's, maybe, it, it's maybe a slight side of academia how to better an existing property. Right, right. We don't give all our secrets away, but yeah. no, we no. try to show them a full transparency. And to show we're not like the typical renovation where you're just leading everything the same. Yeah. Just painting, putting, you know, replacing like with like. We definitely mm -hmm. don't want to yeah. do that. Right. Well, I think... Wouldn't um, be happy doing that. I, I don't think that 
that many people could follow <laughs> in your <laughs> footsteps, truly, because you know the the attention to detail is 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 astounding, and I'm not just saying that to you know <laughs> because you're sitting in front of me. It's truly truly deserving that I mean you really have an artistic vision with what's possible in a house, and and most of the things that you do are completely custom you know, down to the tiniest, tiniest little details. And, you know, all him. it's fascinating. A lot of it he builds himself, it's a, too. So. It's a double-edged sword. That's where the budget comes <laughs> yeah. in. It's, yeah. it's a struggle between being an artist and an artist that gets paid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It always is. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, you're being pulled both ways. But, so you can't not do either one. Yeah. Um, but that's the, the joy of it, basically. Well, you know, in my experience, people with that, that eye and that artistic vision oftentimes are not so great at executing, you know, the mission and just finishing the project. So, um, you know, the, the fact that you have the ability to give that artistic attention to detail and actually complete the project rather than just kind of piddling around with it for, you know, yeah. two or three years. Yep. I mean, it's really quite a, quite a formula that you've gotten yeah. that I don't think many people could follow. Well, I would think we, we definitely started out being a little bit more pragmatic and quickly and just got it done. Then each project we've added a little bit more, a little bit more design, doing a little, going a little, a little bit, bit more further, mm -hmm. showing bit our more. personality a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But we've, we wouldn't have it any other way. We love it. So yeah, it's always, it, it goes back to something that we, I think would still appeal to a, a general audience. It's not something that would be, um, it just wouldn't fit a, a, a regular lifestyle, but it's mm -hmm. something that we feel people would always appreciate on, on a very, um, call it moderate design level. Sure. But, mm-hmm. Well, the houses, they, you know, the ones that I've been in, they, mm -hmm. they do um, function and flow mm -hmm. very nicely. And, you know, it's this type of space that I could envision a family like ours living in just fine and, you know, right. really, really great work. Yeah. That's Thank always you. him. That's the first step uh -huh. is he just goes through and reworks the flow of the space. And, and yeah, because lifestyle changes. I yeah. mean, mm -hmm. when it was built in the 50s and 60s, most of the ones we pick, um, the interior layout, exterior layout, openings, um, sun exposure, lighting, was really kind of laid out for that era mm -hmm. and that usage and function of that of that uh, decade today changes um things quite a bit um mm -hmm. there's different groups of families types of families um so you you try to put your keep a pulse on that mm -hmm. and what people are willing to pay for and what makes sense and what doesn't and try to gauge a design based on that Right, and right. Sometimes that's taking out walls, popping up roofs, making a greater sense of space. Lighting is key. Indirect mm -hmm. lighting is key. I never like to see a light bulb. Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's the. Um, it's not a. Not everybody realizes how great light can be and how much it can. Accentuate design features. Absolutely. Um, if you really kind of place them right and uh, ambient or, or light them uh, with the proper coloration. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a, that's an important yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. um, so. When I get all the, the really boring uh, function and flow and all that kind of stuff done, then our, our uh, professional uh, material and texture and um, color expert uh, <laughs> feathers in beautifully to start um, uh, lining everything up, mm -hmm. basically, and populating um, colors and types of woods and textures to make it come alive. Yeah, and, and that's that, how I think the two, the partnership works really good. Yeah, and that that actually was my next question: is mm -hmm. you know what are the things in this process that you 
take ownership of aside from the light, the uh, colors, textures, and finding properties too. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. you do you do stage with furnishings yeah. for resale. So yeah. so do you handle all of that? Stacey? Yeah, I handle all of that. I do sometimes. I paint my own paintings. Um, okay. Wow. Plenty of times I've done that yeah. using a lot of our own furniture and stuff like that too. So our house will be empty for you know a couple months while we're <laughs> and then all of a sudden I get an influx of all this furniture. I'm like, where do I put it all? Yeah. <laughs> but I like I, when he gets he does his layout and we look at the floor plan and then we talk to each other and he's like well what and I might as a person that maybe uses the laundry more often or the kitchen areas more often once in a while I'm able to lend a thing saying well I, I don't know if I, personally I wouldn't really like this here or this wouldn't make sense to me here so mm -hmm. usually the flow is good in the beginning but just the particulars like we even even down to our kitchens he's putting our, we do all our own kitchens ourselves and he's putting down to the last centimeter how we're going to fit cabinets in and where mm -hmm. this is going to go and how this door is going to open and this door is not going to hit this door and the function and feng shui of everything is down to the centimeter yeah we don't mm -hmm. really leave anything to chance now of course there's always mistakes are made and there's always times where we're putting in a, a floor to ceiling pantry and oh well it's too tall so we have to custom cut it down we got to cut yep. the doors down we got to make it fit because there was one little thing off mm -hmm. but um that happens with every project there's <laughs> sure. always inline mm -hmm. modifications that you oversights i mean with an existing structure there's always unknowns sure whenever you open up a ceiling there's all of a sudden there's a giant beam there and you got to figure out what to do with it or mm -hmm. how to mitigate it or how to uh, ceiling is an inch lower and you bought something an inch well so you've <laughs> got to, um, life is a modification, I think. Mm -hmm. These are modifications. Um, it's, they're not showstoppers at all. You just, you find out how to keep going with yeah. it. And right. that's kind of the fun too. We love to problem solve and be creative about how we solve mm. issues. And with his mind, the way he's able to think things through, like he'll, he'll be explaining to me, we just do it and I can't see what he's seeing. And then mm -hmm. he's able to just draw it on a piece of paper. Like a lot of times with the carpenters, the electrician, he just writes it on the wall or draws it on the wall to show them what to do. It's, it's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, it's you can't, cool. you know, yeah. it's amazing, actually. <laughs> yeah. It's a real... One of the things with the staging I love to do is, um, besides just the interior part, is I love to help people with theirs, too. So I have, a, I have clients right now, or we mm -hmm. have clients, and they just wanted me to help them buy their interior furnishings. Where should mm -hmm. they put things? What should they buy? What kind of art should they put up? So I was able to go to their house and go through all their artwork and determine what worked, what didn't work. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I love and shop for them online. Mm -hmm. I mean, sounds like it doesn't fun. get much better than that. I mean, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and, you know, speaking of which, so, you know, these obviously that we've spoken of so far are, are your own projects and things, but you do um, take renovation projects on on behalf of clients at times too. Um, um, and I know every one of those situations is different, but maybe you could elaborate a little bit on, on who a good potential match would be for that sort of a job. Yeah. Um, we've done some yeah. for friends. That's always a little harder, <laughs> mm -hmm. but... Um, yeah. That one's finished now. We're doing one for another client right now that's a full house remodel renovation, I guess you would say. I think it's fair to say that we've done zero marketing for all of our service architecture. Yeah. Um, wow. It's all been either word of mouth or um, people that come see to open houses properties. and they mm -hmm. see things that they like and they talk to us about it and it en eventually engages the project. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's... Um, this is a series of uh, either partial or, com or, or total renovation projects that we've done over the years. Um, one was just in a magazine. Um, 
the Whalen. That projects. was the Whalen residence, and that's uh, that's one where they were just referred to yeah. us when they visited Sarasota. They wanted to know our. They stayed at our neighbor's house, which is an Airbnb, okay. and they wanted to know how they could buy real estate. And he said, "Well, our neighbor's um, real estate agent." So mm -hmm. I met them, took them around, showed them around that first weekend. We were able to buy the house, and then they're like, "Well." how do we fix this up? And I'm like, well, you're talking to the right people because my husband's an architect and this is what we do. And then we were able to renovate their whole house for them and they love it now. And they're planning on living here full time. They still are trans or going back and forth between Pennsylvania mm -hmm. and here, mm -hmm. but their house is a showstopper. It's beautiful. That's and wonderful. I mean, that's a lot of kudos to them mm -hmm. and how much dedication and work and money they wanted to put the into way. it too. Of course, yeah. It ended up being way bigger than the initial thought I and think, budget yeah. was, but yeah. um, that's what happened. <laughs> Originally they uh, they approached us with a with a budget project budget of uh, 60 60 to 70, 000. yeah. Mhm. Mm and, and we thought, okay. we <laughs> behind the lines we we uh, talked to each other and said how do we make their dreams happen for 68,000 mm -hmm. of a renovation to an existing house. So we I think we laid the design out and even though it was loosely around 68, it could have been a little more. We laid the idea out, and they ended up feathering in and just buying yeah. more of it and more of it. And doing mm -hmm. more and doing more. And it, it may have doubled at least. So we have a more little more, bit of it. When, we're, when, we do, it. when we do projects for other people, we're not contractors. So there's right, a contract right. that yes. has to get involved. So it's different than when we budget our own properties because we do that ourselves. Right. But when it's for someone else... Like we just recently had some clients that we did a drawing for. We thought it should have been about sixty to eighty thousand. One contractor came back at one hundred and forty thousand. Wow. Another one was about a hundred thousand. And finally, the third contractor who we found through someone else came right in at their budget. So there's mm -hmm. a wide variety of what contractors will charge for the same work. That's why it's so hard for us to say, well, here's a seventy thousand dollar renovation on plans, mm -hmm. but we don't know what it's going to cost to construct because the contractors are so varied yeah, it seems that's like. a good point that's a sign of the times and it's yeah. also i mean it could be a sign of the times uh lack of um competition just because there's so many projects out there correct that um pricing is not that competitive but mm -hmm. we do try to stick to industry standard cost per item or per square foot mm -hmm. when we design and when we um land our drawings or our designs out sure so at least to be somewhat transparent to um owners and they hopefully they expect what they ask for. Mm -hmm. what, what's your uh, favorite project that you've done so far? It might oh. be different for each of you. <laughs> well, I would say for a client, it's been the Waylands, just because we love them as people. They yeah. were the easiest too. clients to work easiest, with. They were the easiest, very um, nice people, and, and it, it turned out great. And we, we're, yeah. we're really good friends with them. We go over there all the time. We take the kids swimming. They entertain all the time. He's a chef, so he's always cooking for people. And he had the big, for that mid-mod weekend, mm -hmm. they actually, the tour bus ended at their house, and he had a big 60s-style cock, because their interior of their house is very 60s. Mm-hmm what we like to call updated 60s. She wanted to go full-blown mid-mod. We convinced her to upgrade to like the quartz countertops and a little bit more of an open layout, but every the decor in there is all 60s, her original stuff. And so he put on a 60s um, cocktail party and stuff Fun. like that for everybody. And they're just great people. And yeah. I love that project and I love that house. It, it never fails to get compliments from even the UPS guy or the mailman or whoever's coming mm -hmm. by their house. And was, this, was that the one featured in Sarasota Magazine? Yeah, that was the okay. one featured in Sarasota Magazine. I think uh, just to um, reiterate that, I mean, having a, a good client always helps mm -hmm. make a great project. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, they were willing to sidestep and step forward and double step. And, mm -hmm. um, but uh, I think one of the most interesting things 
challenges uh, for me on that project was that it wasn't really a modern, it was a uh, pretty mm -hmm. typical, uh, I would say, six, late 60s ranch house, mm -hmm. hippie roofs. Um, it really had nothing to do with modern, yeah. mid-mod architecture. Besides that so it had the, the, the challenge was, how do we give them what they want in a, in a, in a shell that's not anything to do with that? So, mm -hmm. And that was, the, that was the, that's, we had to kind of rise to the occasion to find a way to get their dream, because they found the perfect property and they found the perfect setting and, and they had a vision of what they might want. How do we get that to join with? Sure. So that might be one of my favorite parts because it was basically bringing two worlds together in a yeah. project. Yeah, that's very cool. So as, as a uh, intern in New York, was there any iconic, you know, sky skyscrapers or anything that you did that you're particularly proud of up there? It still, well, of course, it still stands. It was only uh, it was um, built in the bank. Uh, the building is called Espiritu Santo Bank Plaza, and okay. it's on South Brickell Avenue, and it was in Miami. In Miami. Okay. Um, it's a 40-story building, mm -hmm. um, 165 million, and it was built um, to house a Portuguese bank headquarters. Okay. Uh, the neat part about it is very sculptural, and mm -hmm. the clients were great again. They were open to ideas uh, that were more progressive at the time. It was a team of, of seven of us that, that did the design and construction, and we started the process with... Um, Plaster models, small okay. plaster models that, and this is uh, back in 1997 or 98. Mm -hmm. uh, it was eventually built by 2002. But we started for eight months doing design concepts, and we hmm. must have had hundreds of little <laughs> clay models. And eventually that progressed to wood models and, or paper models and wood models. And then finally, when they approved a design, we had a, a tall glass tower. Okay. It was a great project just because we, we had a great team. Mm -hmm. okay. The whole process took four years. Wow. Um, but it was, uh, and it, it's a great, uh, the neat part about it was it was supposed to be a gateway investment bank. Mm -hmm. So we ended up designing, it, the whole building looks like a, a inverted catenary arch. Yeah. Um, so if you, if you take a piece of string and you hang it upside down, it, it, the, the, the radius of the arch gets very narrow at the bottom and it fans out hmm. um, basically because of gravity. Mm -hmm. um, every suspension bridge has the same sort of, um, sort of a design around it. Uh, the, the further down it goes, uh, that's sus suspended by cables, it changes the, the radius of it. Mm -hmm. um, so we did that by just making a wedge and a cylinder um, combine or basically become a negative space and that sort of created this uh, catenary arch right in the front of the building so if you drive by you glass, see this in all in glass, glass. Mm -hmm. total, total glass and the, and what's the name of the building again to it's, it's google been, it or? Uh, yeah, well I hope it has the same it's name probably. today but it's um, <laughs> or, or an, an address if you recall. it'll still be in there <laughs> um, Espiritu Santo Bank Plaza Okay. Yeah, our bank headquarters. It was on Brickell? There are many other ones. The interior of uh, NASDAQ, World Headquarters, One Liberty Plaza, that was World Shanghai World Financial Center. That was 140 stories. Wow. Um, there's, uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a challenge to be there because there was so much raw good talent mm -hmm. that you, you, um, it was a 16-hour day just staying with the crowd, the talented crowd. So wow. It was, <laughs> um, it was a great place, yeah. 
<laughs> so, um, so these days, you know, when, when assessing a project to purchase, when you're looking at just, you know, a home, trying to decide if this is something that's viable or should just be torn down, are there any structural components of a house or certain floor plans or certain things that are, that are just a no-go instantly for you when you're, when you're looking at, at a project? Um, it's a good question. Um, we yeah. haven't done much in, in block, uh, yeah. just because it's it's less modifiable. Okay. Uh, once you have a uh, sort of a punched opening in a concrete block wall, um, it's not that it can't be done, but it's just there's more steps involved, mm -hmm. um, bigger machines involved, and weatherproofing is maybe a little bit more complicated, but uh, we a little bit less flexibility is why we may not pick those, even though a lot of the new construction is built that way mm -hmm. primarily for hurricane wind force re resistance and termite protection and there's a lot of reasons to do it mm -hmm. uh, but if you're doing renovations um, there's some reasons to steer away from it a little interesting bit. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one uh, the other one is if it we don't think it's going to uh, structurally um, trust uh, roofing mm -hmm. uh, systems allow for more flexibility okay they may not be as uh, dependable or um hardy of materials mm -hmm. as because as soon as they began the trust uh, sort of design system that was maybe late 60s early 70s mm -hmm. they started using different kinds of woods more southern yellow pine before that it was stick built uh, a lot more um western red uh or western red cedar western mm -hmm. red pines um they're a darker wood, right? And right. They're when they dry, they're like rock. Yeah. And the termites don't really um, like them less. Right. That way. <laughs> <laughs> They'll eat them. So it helps mm -hmm. in the end product for yeah. sure. It's One of the other things we look for is houses that have good natural light. So that's really an important yeah. Com yep. component of our sure. design. Um, we like higher ceilings if possible because you'll see a lot of these older houses. Sometimes I can even reach up and touch, touch mm -hmm. the ceiling. And you don't want that person to feel that oppressed kind of feeling right, when they walk yeah. into a, a home. And the other thing is you'll notice a lot in, maybe it's just, I don't know if it's maybe everywhere, but when people, everyone that will add on or try to renovate something, it's always the past of least resistance, whatever's the mm -hmm. easiest way to do it. You want to turn your carport into a room, you just put some doors on, you leave. They don't worry about that step. So we find a lot of different levels of flooring. Mm -hmm. And that for us is always up an indicator of unpermitted work or lousy work or the yeah. fact that we just don't want steps. We don't want people to have to go up and down steps. So that means that's us having to either infill with concrete or put a subfloor down to make everything level right, again. Right, right. So that's one of the things we look for is just, um, but it's not that we well, want to take that project on. Sure. We just know it's going to be we more do, expensive. Yeah, another part of the, uh, 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 sort of the MO of our company is that we try to design for the aging. So mm -hmm. it's, first of all, to gain a broad appeal, but second of all, to make people feel comfortable uh, buying it and looking down the road in it, uh, mm -hmm. basically. So level changes are important. Um, not that can't be uh, you know, mitigated, but uh, we try not to have, and if there are steps or step downs, we usually uh, improve them to level. Uh, any kind of uh, outdoor space that we, uh, decks, we usually try to put them level with or slightly below them, the slab of the house. Um, openings, if uh, door openings are too narrow, we try to widen them to uh, Fair Housing Act standards. That's at least 
30 inches or 28 inches mm -hmm. sometimes for bathrooms. Um, again, looking down the road, who's going to buy it uh, if they're aging um, uh, people or boomers that you try to appeal to a general audience. Right. So that Thought it's of them easy. being able yeah. to live it, there for a long time and yeah. growing old in that house. Yeah. And even like doing kitchen layouts, the proper where we've been to so many properties, even new builds that don't allow for a, a very a fluid functionality. And mm -hmm. it, to me, that always is, is mind-boggling that um, there's so much good design out there to just learn from, but um, it's not always done. That's uh, not hard to believe, we, but I mean... We, it, yeah, we're a little by... We just get a little annoyed when we think people just, oh, it's a new build, it's a new build, mm -hmm. but you go inside that new build and... Like it's new, but it's not designed well, and the floor plan isn't that great. Right. And we it's have nicer we have nicer kitchens in a four hundred thousand dollar house than these million dollar homes do. It's true. There's so. ideas of feng shui uh, and 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 sort of ideas of chi that or that chi is energy of space and feng shui is just the flow of energy. Um, the uh, you always try to not uh, if you're entering a space or looking down a space, we try not to have a trying to have an opening. So there's a continuation of a vision mm -hmm. or light. Um, all bedrooms, we try to pick houses or we modify them to have cross ventilation in each room. Uh, okay. Usually two windows is an important factor, not just for egressing, but for um, quality of life, mm -hmm. uh, quality of sleeping. Mm -hmm. um, uh, kitchens are no longer their own spaces. Uh, they're part of the great space. So you have, um, how do we make those happen? Um, it's, it becomes an overlap of space and intertwining, and then the lighting has to be done the same way. Right. Uh, so you end up making great rooms that have subcategories of function and space in between. Um, but we, we plan that out, too, because we know a lot of people will get to that great yeah. space and say, like, now what do I do with this? Where does everything go? So we do go? furniture layouts. Mm -hmm. So yes. that's part of the staging. It's like, well, this is and where we have to we show them how it works Put the well, dining room. We have the lighting for it. This is where we would put a couch. We have two down lights right over where you would want to be sitting. Yeah. This would be the perfect wall for the TV because the window's here or there's an outlet here or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we try to, we think of all that when we're doing even the layout, stations. too. Yeah. He even will put in, when he's doing his layout on the computer, mm -hmm. he puts in couches. He's like, well, I can't put this here because I don't have room for a couch then that's not going to yeah. make sense i'm not doing anyone justice by putting yeah. a cabinet this far out when there's no space for a couch or a tv now or a dining mm -hmm. room table or if it's integrated is it not or is there a separate little breakfast nook we like to take we you know take all that into consideration based on and everybody has a what TV. we like yeah <laughs> so everyone there's put, tvs everywhere these days, television so, that's you know. not on a uh, bright side wall and if you have a great room it has to be seen by everywhere in the great room you don't want someone in the kitchen to not be able to watch tv when everyone else like for the super bowl is out there watching tv and you're in the kitchen right, so right. and again looking forward um uh we're we're approaching more ev electric vehicle um sort of a family of cars out there right and, and um, people are getting more used to charging cards at different places, Teslas, you know, volts and everything else. So where do they do that in their house? Mm -hmm. Can they do it outside? Can they do it inside? Um, so, and a lot of cars are, um, Tesla in specific, requires a four wire, uh, 220 volt. Mm -hmm. And, but if you, so we try to, we, uh, we, we do, we, we try to build in a, uh, a power station for any kind of vehicle in the future. So we usually have a, a four-wire four wire 220 system. that can always be downgraded to any other car. Sure. But it can, it can do all cars. That's yeah, wonderful. Tesla and standard. whether they use it for that part or not, we even try to place it properly so it's in between two cars, so it could feed two cars mm -hmm. um, in a garage. Uh, things like that, looking 
Yeah, looking trying forward. to make uh, sustainable landscaping, uh, yeah. trying to improve drainage so that you don't have settlement issues down the road that haven't occurred already. Or so your property doesn't affect your neighbors, which yeah. nobody thinks about when they're doing landscaping. They don't really care. We try to take that into consideration. Native plants yeah. that can do well in Florida don't need a lot of water. We get, mm -hmm. we get a lot of rain here, so how does drainage affect this yeah. property and other properties? It's, uh, it's just being mindful of yeah. designers yeah. in the environment. Yeah, well, that is highly unique for um, anybody to be giving that much forethought <laughs> to the future of a single home, especially, yep. you know, in, in our market where we do unfortunately see a lot of shoddy yeah. renovations and shoddy flips and things where people don't really consider much of anything. They just yeah, <laughs> we've, we've seen plenty of those. And but there's a lot of people that do renovations, obviously, in half the amount of time that we do it. Mm -hmm. yeah. But we know a lot of steps are skipped and you... We don't want those questions coming up in the future. Uh, we don't want we want people to feel like they they got something that was really worth it. It was really uh, quality uh, um, born and mm -hmm. is lasting. It's yeah. a design that doesn't have to be renovated in two years. Mm -hmm. It's something that uh, could just be redressed in ten years. Yeah. I think it, it's quite evident that you are mm -hmm. definitely accomplishing that mission. I mean, I encourage any anybody, if they get a chance on your next project, to come through mm -hmm. and just see it, because it really is astounding. I've not seen that attention to detail <laughs> Thank you. It, uh, on most any property or project anywhere. So, I mean, it, it really is something Well, we appreciate amazing. your uh, your, your uh, promotions and, <laughs> and um, it's, you know, coming to the open houses. It's, yeah. it's been a pleasure having you and your family and come by and, well, and well, thank uh, you. appreciate the work Support. that we do yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. and I'm, I'm a pretty authentic person it's not uh, i'm not good at promoting things <laughs> that, I, that i don't actually believe in so um it's great work and you know on uh, in that you know that segue of, of topic here you know how how did you in all your travels and studies and internships how did you guys end up landing in sarasota um i moved here in 79 mm -hmm. um born in guatemala uh lived there for eight years of american parents in the peace corps mm-hmm that were originally from Brooklyn, New York, and, and Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. They, uh, after, uh, um, they ended up loving the Guatemalan culture and wanted to do farming, and uh, that, that sort of explained about 15 years of their life. Landing here um, in 79, they segued into a business, and basically we were raised here from mm -hmm. that point on. Got it. But other family members were here. Um, it seemed like a great place to uh, get a good start. Mm -hmm. and. It's always been the Sunshine State. There's mm -hmm. lots of economy. Uh, it's now the second, third largest state in the nation, 21 mm -hmm. million people. Things have changed quite a bit since 79. Right, mm -hmm. right. So you had some roots here and then yes. met Stacy and... Yeah. It was all over. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, Our, um, you know, we'll we'll kind of start to wind down a little bit yep. and maybe ask a couple uh, quick uh -oh. rapid-fire <laughs> rapid questions, oh, and they, they don't have to be rapid-fire answers. Okay. But are there any uh, books that come to mind relating to design or architecture that, that, that you would, would recommend or, or, or not? not just, or, or just a book that has nothing to do with this whatsoever? <laughs> the, I mean, he's got quite a bit of good than... classic books that are like the good coffee table books, and you can look through them and look. Mostly modern yeah. and modernism yeah, and Bauhaus yeah. and Florida, you, of course. You might have a little insight in this, but uh, I think I used to read a lot more um, before kids. <laughs> yeah, now that we have kids, a lot of my <laughs> reading is to them. And <laughs> not from myself. Iggy but, Peck, um, architect. Iggy Peck. <laughs> um, uh, uh, 
I, uh, you know, I love things about uh, science discovery, yeah. um, things that inform our lives um, and could help inform our children's lives and their future and the new discoveries and those kind of things, historical evidence on, on turns. And um, uh, we would love to travel more too because mm -hmm. that's always a learning uh, yeah. discovery. But I can't tell you the last time I read a whole book. I never <laughs> haven't had it uh, that much of a block of time to do it. So it's always I either the newspaper or yeah. a magazine that I can pick up and put down yeah. or the wall or the, uh, reading of uh, the, the stock market analysis in the morning or those <laughs> things mm -hmm. I can do mm -hmm. fairly quickly. Right. I right. just got three books for Christmas, so I have to start reading again. Yeah. I used to read all the time until... Uh, books I would love to read. Yeah. <laughs> what was and, it, uh, The Moral Animal? Is, the one uh, I'm reading now is called The Moral Animal, and it's about evolutionary psychology and why we are the way we are and why we think the way hmm. we are. Um, and it all comes down ultimately to your genes and your genes tell you subconsciously or consciously what to think and how to act. And it's really interesting. And I, it's, I was by, by study and by, uh, my, um, education, I'm a biologist and anthropologist. Okay. So the, and I, evolution was one of my things I liked the most. Mm -hmm. And so this is, I just, it's fascinating hmm. to me and I love it's it. It's almost a little bit of a spinoff from uh, guns, germs and steel. Yeah. And I read, yeah, that yeah, was a very that, good one. That was about was. societies and how societies came yeah. to be and why America is America and why is Europe, Europe and why mm -hmm. isn't it the other way around? Why isn't it someone in South America or someone in Africa? And it's all because of geography and how yeah. societies evolved and yeah. all that kind of stuff. is just fascinating, fascinating and to local me. resources. There's an, yeah. another book in that same vein called Sapiens. I can't recall the mm -hmm. author uh, offhand, but it, it's, that uh, sounds interesting very renowned yep. prize-winning book but yeah so yeah that sounds fascinating yep. so, but if you like that you'll definitely like I'm Sapiens. only on like the first chapter so <laughs> <laughs> wonderful um, are there any purchases of a hundred dollars or less that that have made a positive impact for you well for me it's obviously shoes jewelry no I'm kidding. <laughs> um, we were just talking about this we for Max's birthday we bought yeah. Two bags of play sand that were each five dollars. Uh-huh. And it's dumped in our back deck. Okay. And oh my gosh, you would think that we are the greatest parents in the world because we have <laughs> a beach so in we, our backyard and we the now kids have a beach love it. The and they've been playing yeah. and we're like, why didn't we think of this sooner? Mm -hmm. They love it. And they're playing with it every day. There's their toys just stay out there now because they're playing nice. in it every day. Now, of course, I don't like the sand in the house. That's getting a little old, but <laughs> it's keeping them busy. Yeah. Anything yeah. that has a repeat value to it that yeah. uh, uh, you know, um, there was a dinner out at Yellowstone Lake um, on one of our trips. Okay. A while ago, that the kids remember all the time. Uh, I, it was um, it was a family trip, mm -hmm. and the dinner was probably more than a hundred dollars. So this doesn't qualify. But <laughs> it's all right. The, uh, maybe what maybe our portion of it, but um, the I took the kids on a. We were waiting for our food, and it was a, a long wait for dinner, so I had to occupy. So we, I took them out on literally the the, the bank, the shoreline of Yellowstone Lake. They had the most fabulous time because they, they were finding what they called gems. Sea okay. glass. It's sea glass. Well, lake glass. Even though lake glass. <laughs> right. Old remnants of steamships that used to uh, be a part of a business plan up there. Somebody uh, bought a bunch of materials and built steamships or bought, you know, and literally started uh, developing a, a cruise line across and around um, the lake. It's a big lake, uh, a lot of scenery. And... Um, there was a fire, I think, and, and uh, on one of the ships, and it sunk, and more than one 
part and piece and, and windstorms happen in parts of glass uh, windows blew out so all this stuff is is washing, is up. washing up on this it was the most amazing uh hour or hour and a half, 20 minutes that i spent with the kids because they were finding things every couple of minutes on That's, the shore yeah. and i they forgot about hunger they forgot <laughs> about anything yeah, nice. nothing so, else matter and now every time it's where's sea glass where, yeah where, where yep. can we find more sea glass <laughs> and they want to go back but it's yeah, a lot of fun now, now we got to go to yellowstone every year great no <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of fun is there anything that that you were hoping to talk about that we didn't get to cover so far or? um i don't think so uh i mean it's um no i, I think we're i mean it's we love working with you. Uh, we love uh, being a part of your 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 realm of business as well. It's it's been a it's been um, very rewarding to um, be able to put projects in the scope of for sale mm -hmm. here in Sarasota and have a, a really neat product to add to it. Yeah, well, thank you. So I appreciate I think, uh, that. We appreciate um, being a part of your circle as well. Yep. Well, thank thank for you sure. and. Um, if, if nothing else, I just want to encourage everybody again to make sure that they go and they, they go to ideagroup.com, I-D-I-A group.com. Yep. Check out the portfolio and the projects and the gallery. I think that the work that you've done is truly, truly incredible. Can't wait to see the next next projects that lie ahead. Um, is there anything in, in, in your sites so far that you're getting ready to acquire? Anything there is. Yeah. There is a smaller project and it's, uh, we'll, we'll have a, some updates on our website, but it's, uh, it's, this is a um, condominium, yeah. actually. It's okay. a smaller condominium, and it's more targeted towards what I was talking about. At the at a peak of a market, we tend to target more maybe projects that can be done more quickly or with a lighter budget and still achieve the same results and goal and same, roughly the same profit margin mm -hmm. to make it a business. Yeah, well, fantastic. So Can't wait to... Soon. Can't wait to learn more about that and uh, want to thank our audience for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. I want to thank you, Steve and Stacy Carlin, for joining us on the podcast. And uh, we'll hopefully talk to you again before too long. Sounds good. Thank, thank you, you. Thanks very for much. Us. Applying to join Preferred Shore is easy. Go to www.exciting.af and click the Get in Touch button. From there, set an appointment for a phone call, coffee at the Sarasota Yacht Club, or a meeting at the Sarasota or St. Pete office. See you soon. Living the